homies. Hopefully you have some time to discuss NBA hoops at lunch here on the Outkick Bets podcast feed with me, your host, Jeff Clark. I started off the week on a nice little uh, winning Monday, went 3-0 and in my NBA picks, which was much needed considering the F and egg I laid in the college football national title game. Holy smokes, is this embarrassing. So I went on um, colleague and fellow outkick contributor, producer, whatever, uh, Dan Dakich's show, Don't At Me, the other day, excuse me, uh, Monday, and um, to discuss the college football playoff between Georgia and TCU. I ended up on TCU plus 12.5. I alerted the audience that heavy money was going to come in on Georgia prior to kickoff, so maybe wait for maybe uh, 13.5, which is what I believe it closed at. Um, it didn't matter really what the closing number was going to be because Georgia was covering anything. They, they beat TCU 65-7 and really the most lopsided title game I think ever. Um, and I'm... I'm Frankly, I'm very embarrassed. It's there's really nothing else to say other than that. Um, I'm not college football isn't my bread and butter, but I put my hard-earned cash on the line and I gave it my all in terms of handicapping it. And I just I probably look like an absolute moron. Um, truth be told, I had more money last night on the Sacramento Kings, which covered for me. Um, also had more money on the over in the Pelicans Wizards, which cash as well. Um, put more of a half unit on the player prop that I hit, but it was a three and zero Monday night in the NBA for me. I am now nine and five on the NBA Hoops at Lunch show podcast. Uh, my NBA full season still pretty pretty whack, um, but you know I'm turning around here in the, in the podcast, which is inspiring not inspiring what's the word i'm looking for comforting it makes me feel better <laughs> um i i've i've done pretty shitty on my written nba plays but i think speaking out my picks helps me helps my process and helps the juju so hopefully i can keep the good momentum rolling um real quick recapping monday i went over 228 and a half in the pelicans wizards uh, the Pelicans won 132 to 112, so clearly the right side. Even though the total closed at 227 and a half, so we didn't get the better of the number. That a sucks and b is weird because I thought my my side was sharp, and again I cashed by uh, quick math. Third, wait, no, 15 and a half points, I think. Uh, I don't know. I'm not very good at math. I. I use calculators, but three of the four quarters trended over the total, and it was clearly the right side, even though the Pelicans were missing two of their best scores. Next game, next bet, actually, Bulls Nikola Vucevic. I went over his player prop, 16.5 points. It was um, a little cheaper cheaper than your usual 110. It was going at minus 105. It actually bounced from 15.5 to 16.5 as I was handicapping that player prop. Boston won 107-99, couldn't close as 8.5-point favorites, but Nikola Vucevic went over um, 15.5 and 16.5 points, scoring 21 on 9 of 15 shooting. It was definitely a sweat, though. Pretty sure Vucevic was had zero points at the end of the first quarter and was zero for two from the field. So his, his output 
wasn't trending over, but he ended up um, shooting really well and, and getting more shots up because I don't know really what happened with DeMar DeRozan, but DeMar DeRozan had an off night, um, both from a production standpoint and a volume standpoint. Um, I was actually at a bar last night uh, watching the college football playoff with some buddies. It was a college football playoff party. So I didn't see any of these basketball games. Um, I, I do know Nikola Vucevic, just by looking at the box score, did shoot very well. And um, I gather from from just like the highlights and looking at a shot chart that he effectively played as we as well and in the style that we handicapped. So it was good to see that one cash. And that brings us to our third and final game, which we won on with the Sacramento Kings minus six. Pretty sure it closed up minus six and a half, maybe even higher. Uh, the Kings just pasted the magic one thirty six to one eleven. They won all four quarters. They won three of the four factors, um, shooting, rebound and rebounding and, and net turnover rate. So that was good, but um, I really caught none of this game. I, I can't really speak to how it played out outside of the box score because I was passed out by this uh, by by the time the the Magic and Kings got into the second half. So all uh, all that being said, needed the three and zero Monday uh, in the NBA, and I got it. So hopefully we can keep the good vibes going, and I have three best bets here in the Tuesday seven-game slate. Uh, The first one I'm looking at is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They go to Salt Lake City to play the Utah Jazz. They are favored two and a half points right now. I'm going to lay the two and a half points with the Cleveland Cavaliers and just going to kind of come out of the closet with this. I am a sucker for a good revenge game, especially in the NBA um, where we know these these players aren't often motivated for regular season games. Um, the load management is a real kind of Debbie Downer to betting and watching NBA regular season action, frankly. Um, but when you find good motivation spots in NBA regular season action, I feel like it's important to pounce on them, hence me being a sucker for a revenge game. Uh, Donovan Mitchell returns to Salt Lake City for the first time as a Cavalier. The Cavs beat the Jazz earlier this season, 122-99. to um, Really kind of a no-show out of the Jazz, or maybe it was just Cleveland balling out. They are one of the better teams in the NBA. Um, and Donovan Mitchell, frankly, has been sensational since joining the Cavs. Uh, he's playing better than even I expected. Uh, the fit on paper made sense, but I've really just never been a Donovan Mitchell fan. Um, his player profile—I don't, you know—I don't know anything about him personally or off the court, but I don't like the lackluster effort on defense that he usually has. That's somewhat changed this season, and I don't think he added enough to the offense off the ball. But that being said, he's averaging career best in points per game at roughly 29 points per game, and true shooting, which spans field goal, three-point, and free-throw percentages. Um, also, the absence of... I didn't even write this in my in my um, picks piece for, for Tuesday's NBA slate, but um, Kelly Olenek, the starting big for the Utah Jazz, currently is listed as out on the injury report. 
and that means the rookie Walker Kessler be starting at center for Utah. He's actually a very good defensive big, um, rebounding, paint presence, rim protecting big. Um, but Jared Allen is better um, in those areas than Walker Kessler. And Kelly Olynyk's three-point shooting and offensive versatility would have pulled Jared Allen out of the paint and forced Jared Allen and Evan Mobley to 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 not maybe sit in the paint. With Walker Kessler on the floor, it's going to make it a lot easier for Evan Mobley to defend most likely Laurie Markin, and who's played very well this season for the Utah Jazz. Um, and the and the and the backcourt of Mike Conley and and Jordan Clarkson for the Jazz are at a significant disadvantage against Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. Um, I, I expect Donovan Mitchell to have a big game. Um, I'm assuming the books are expecting that as well. His points prop right now is sitting at twenty eight and a half, but it's minus one thirty five. So the books are expecting a big day out of out of Donovan Mitchell, and I think they'll get it. If I had to pick one way or the other on the point prop, I would go over Donovan Mitchell, 28.5 points. Um, But I prefer the Jazz because this is a a good number. I I will say one of the, I guess, hesitancies that I have about betting the Cavaliers, um, I think I just said the Jazz. I'm taking the Cavaliers because it's a good number. But one of the hesitancies... Hesitancies I have in banking the Cavaliers in this spot is due to the reverse line movement. Most of the money's coming in on the Cavaliers, probably based on similar analysis that I have here. And yet the um, the, the numbers went from three and a half, three down to two and a half. Um so it, it would appear based on the line movement um and the betting splits that the the, the sports books are inviting more jazz money and that's something, or more Cavaliers money. So that's something that raises red, raises red flags. Um, especially, I don't, I don't assume Square Public Better is going to be taking the Jazz in the spot. So that's definitely a concern. Otherwise, like on paper, I just love this 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 matchup for the Cavs, especially with no Kelly Olynyk on the floor. Um, I think it's going to be just easier for them to defend the paint. And if they don't have any bigs stretching out their defense, it's going to be easier to extend their perimeter defense and close out on threes. Um, the Utah Jazz are a good three-point shooting team. They're actually phenomenal behind the arc. So that's definitely one of the concerns that I have in this matchup. But, um, again, no Kelly Olenek makes me feel a little stronger about Cleveland's defense in this spot. So hopefully the Utah Jazz don't get hot and – make me look like a sucker by taking this Donovan Mitchell revenge game angle. But we're going to lock in the Cavaliers a minus two and a half as the first best bet of the Tuesday NBA slate. We're going to move along and we're going to fade the Orlando Magic for a second straight day. Again, I took the Sacramento Kings minus six yesterday against the Magic that, that cashed quite easily. Um, and I actually have a lot on this game, so I'm going to try to breeze through it as fast as I can. The first the first note, and again, there's written versions of what I'm saying um, on outkick.com backslash sports hyphen betting. 
please check out all my posts and all the posts of my fellow Outkick handicappers, including David Troy, who you've heard here um, recently, and 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 Dan Z, who um, is usually on my NFL betting podcast, and will will be joining me for an NFL Wild Card Weekend breakdown. So check that out. But um, if you're already read this, I apologize. However, this feels like a suspicious line. Trailblazers have only beaten the Pistons, Hornets, and Rockets over the last 10 games. They're really not playing very well. And Magic aren't too far removed from beating the Boston Celtics in a back-to-back. Only a couple weeks ago, in fact, Orlando beat Boston in a back-to-back. However, there there was immediate sharp line movement towards Portland and continues to be um, money bet in Portland. Sharp money, I would assume. Um, The line opened with Trailblazers' favorite six and a half, and now it's up to eight, which is what I have to give it um, now that I'm doing this podcast. But I locked in a bet at seven and a half, um, frankly, and I gave it out in the written form at um, seven and a half. So I think that's the number I'm going to stick with since I already did publish content at seven and a half. Um, and I do consider the sharp line movement because I mean, what what public better is taking the Trailblazers over the Magic on an early Tuesday morning, which is when most of the line movement occurred. There are a few Trailblazers friendly trends here. Um, they've covered four straight as a favorite of minus minus five or greater. Um, they've covered six straight home games and and four straight against teams with a 40% or worse winning rate. They're also just beating up on bad defenses, 11-4 and four versus bottom 10 defenses. The Magic are 25th in defensive rating. Uh, Portland has a plus 7.0 non-garbage time net rating versus bottom 10 defenses and the best ATS margin at plus 5 and a point, excuse me, plus 5.7 um, spread differential versus bottom 10 defenses. Trailblazers have a rest edge. Magic are in the second of a back-to-back. Um, and Trailblazers last played Sunday. Uh, Orlando has a losing ATS record when playing on a rest disadvantage. Portland has a winning ATS record with a rest edge. Also, we talked about this yesterday when breaking down the Magic Kings, um, and that's the Magic's three-point defense being significantly overrated. They were ranked second heading into yesterday's game. I haven't updated the my my sheet here or looked at the updated uh defensive three point percentage for Orlando, but it's it's mostly based on luck because because they give up the second most wide open three point attempts in the NBA, which is defined by a three point shooter having at least six feet of distance from the nearest defender. Um and if the Magic aren't closing out on Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons threes, then then I think Orlando gets smacked here again. I mean, it's a big number considering how poorly the Trailblazers have been playing recently. Um, and given Orlando's consistent rebounding edge over its opponents. But the three-pointer is the most important thing in the NBA. And Portland has a significant edge behind the arc in this spot. Um, they're fifth in three-point shooting. So if they're getting uncontested looks... They're probably going to go down. The Kings um, went 50% from beyond the arc last night, hit 23 of 46 three-pointers versus the Magic. Because, again, the Magic, 
know well, their their second rank defensive three point shooting percentage is again it's just dumb luck. They just I don't know teams have missed against them. I'm not sure with like the opposing strength of schedule, opposing offensive strength of schedule the Orlando Magic have, but I don't know. They've gotten lucky, and I think Portland in their home gym in its home gym with Lillard and Anthony Simons looking to kind of bust out of a slump here. are going to just absolutely um, roll the magic. So I already gave it out a minus seven and a half. I hope you guys are down to let me grade this at minus seven and a half and I don't get any hate in the comments or the replies. But as I wrote in the article, I would play it up to eight and a half. So I don't know. I don't know. The eight would be a chop if we played at the current price. Seven and a half would be a winner. Hopefully, you guys are chill with me taking the seven and a half. Next and final best bet: uh, the Mavericks at the Los Angeles Clippers. <laughs> I've I've lost a bunch of money on the Clippers this year. They are the bane of my existence, and I was looking at them, looking at betting their side in this game as well because of the budding head-to-head rivalry between them and the Mavericks. Um, They've met in the playoffs uh, two of the last three seasons, I believe. Clippers eliminated them back-to-back years before the Mavericks avoided them last year and made it to the Western Conference Finals. Um, But these these games, these Mavericks-Clippers meetings, usually go under. Um, They've gone under the total in six of the last eight regular season games. They have an average final score of combined score of 202 and a half points in their last eight meetings. It's actually uh, Dallas is, uh, has a plus 8.3 um, straight up margin. But the average Mavericks Clippers total over that span has been roughly 218. Four of those six unders went under by at least 17 points towards the under. So, all that being said, I was down to play this. I th- I figured Mavericks Clippers would be one of the lowest totals of the season. Uh, the lowest total I think is two hundred nine and a half. I was down to play this under two thirteen and a half, and currently the Clippers Mavericks total is two twenty two, according to Veasan um, at DraftKings at least. Um, close to, excuse me, two-thirds of the, the bets have been placed on the over and a slight majority of the money has been placed on the over. I don't really know what the market's seeing here. To me, this feels this feels like too easy, which which is scary, which is something you don't want to say about sports betting. But I don't I don't really understand how the market is betting the over in this game. Uh, the Clippers are going to be without two of its top four most, most offensive players, depending on you know where you look. Um, both Paul George and Luke Kennard have been ruled out of this game. The Clippers score nearly 10 points per 100 possessions when, when Paul George is on the floor. Um, nearly, I think, around eight points per 100 possessions when Kennard is on the floor. Um, their, their effective field goal shooting climbs greatly when Paul George and Luke Kennard are on the floor. Also, the Clippers' backcourt situation is terrible. Paul George is effectively their point guard in 
for several stretches, and Luke Kennard is the ultimate floor spacing two guard who who's going to just bang threes if if the defense isn't focused on him. And when when he's on the floor, the 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 spacing and and the proximity in which his defender has to has to has to be on Kennard helps open driving lanes for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So with no Paul George, I don't know who gets looks for the Clippers um, or for other Clippers. And without Luke Kennard, they're missing their best three-point shooter. Uh, the Clippers are also three and seventeen to the under at home this season. They have a minus eleven um, point total margin in those spots. Um, and and I use the headline in my article: "Styles make fights," which is just another you know way of saying the matchup favors the under. The Mavericks play at the second slowest pace in the NBA. Clippers are twenty-second in pace. The Clippers are fourth in defensive free throw shooting uh, or free throw attempt rate, which offsets Dallas's NBA high offensive free throw attempt rate. So um, Dallas really um, gets a bunch of points at the charity stripe, but they might not be available for them against this Clippers defense. Clippers or the Mavericks do have the highest three point attempt rate in the league, but the Clippers are fourth in defensive three point shooting. Um, the Clippers shoot far fewer threes when Paul George and Kennard aren't in the game, and Dallas is third in turnover rate, and um, and and the Clippers are just twenty seventh in defensive turnover rate. So the Clippers don't force a lot of turnovers, yet they're they're good on defense, which means they are excellent at staying in front of ball handlers and closing out defensive possessions with rebounds. So outside of Luka, who is a little banged up, the, the Mavericks don't have anyone to create off the dribble. So it's going to be pretty easy for Ty Lue to devise a defense to slow down the Mavericks. Um, again, I was willing to play it at two, like 13 and a half, and sitting at 222. I don't know. It might be one of my bigger bets of the year, to be honest. I, I'm a little confused on how it's so high. And... I'm surprised there isn't sharp money betting the under. I mean, maybe it'll come in on the under eventually. I'm on pregame.com, which looks at the consensus market. I guess over 93% of the money currently is on the over, and it looks like the over is ticking up to 222.5, which it just did. (laughs) I'm very confused by this. Um, all right. I, I said 222. I'll lock in 222. And if you guys are cool with me taking seven and a half with the Portland Trailblazers, um, I don't need to take the extra half point at the Mavericks Clippers. I, I might come back to you guys tomorrow and feel really stupid about this analysis. I don't get, I don't get how the Mavericks Clippers is going up, how that total is going up. So I'll go on under 222. And the Mavericks Clippers is our third and final best bet of the Thursday NBA slate, followed by the Portland, or also with the Portland Trailblazers minus seven and a half, hosting the Orlando Magic, and then the Cavaliers laying two and a half in a uh, in Donovan Mitchell's return to Salt Lake City, playing the Utah Jazz. That's your NBA Tuesday breakdown. Well, only three games here in the. The seven games are on my bet slip, but uh, be sure to throw me a good uh, positive review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, uh, be sure to check out your 
your Outkick Bets feed later this week for the NFL Wild Card Weekend Breakdown with me and the homie Dan Z. Maybe I'll get uh, David Troy on here for an NBA podcast this week. But uh, best of luck whether you fade or follow me, and I'll uh, I'll be talking to you guys tomorrow with some more NBA looks. Peace. <laughs>